God, we are so thankful for these moments. These moments where we get to gather together and pause for a moment and just say, God, you are here. God, where we get to pause for a moment and just recognize that you've been pursuing us, you care about us, you love us, you have a plan for us. Thank you for who you are. So speak to us, Lord, we pray. Help us to be a witness to the world. Help us, help us to be a witness to how great you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And Jesus said to his disciples, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Well, over the last couple weeks, we've been talking about being sent. We recognize in Scripture there are huge themes that emerge, that Jesus comes and he gives us the great commandment. The great commandment, love God, love your neighbor. That those are things that we need to make center in our life. That if we do those things right, it is something that helps us follow all of the law. And then we recognize his parting words and his mission to the world. And when he comes and he gives the great commission, go into all the world and make disciples. So we've been talking about those big picture things that Jesus came and said, you need to love God and love others. And you need to go into the world to make disciples. In some ways, it's, it's our mission to go make disciples. And how do we live that out? We do it by loving God and loving others. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about simple ways to share our faith with others. Because if you're anything like me, it's kind of scary when you think about sharing your faith. It makes you feel like a door-to-door -door salesman. And that's not what it is. Hopefully, we have a different picture and different idea. And the three simple things that we've been talking about that each of us can do right away is we can share our faith by asking, admiring, and admitting. And today we're going to talk about admitting. The first one, asking, is asking good questions. Jesus continually went to people and asked them questions and started a dialogue in that way. And it's something that we do, not because we have a hidden agenda. It's because we care about people. We genuinely care about others and we should be pursuing and seeking out to understand other people's perspective, understand where people are coming from. And it's amazing when you see Jesus interact with others. He, of course, does times where he preaches a message, but he, when he's interacting one on one with people, most of the time he's asking them questions. He's asking them what's going on in their life and it opens up great opportunities to be able to share our faith. The second thing that we talked about last week is admire. That I shared with you, I don't think it's very likely that you can really have an impact on others if you don't like them. There's this idea that, oh yes, I love my neighbor, but how about, do you like your neighbor? Do you care about them? Do you, do you have a genuine concern for them? Because if people just see through you and see that 
you don't really like others, then what's the, what's the opportunity, what's the chances you're going to have an opportunity to make an impact on others? And we have to really ask ourselves the question is, do we really love others? Do we really care for others? And are we growing in that? Because that's a key component to our faith. And we look at the world, even though the world is full of sin and darkness, we look at the world and we continue to grow more and more in love with others. If I had a kid, I have a couple of kids, but if I had a kid, this is hypothetical. Uh, kids, close your ears for a moment. Uh, I, if I had a kid that totally went astray. And totally went off and went and, and, and did all kinds of things that were contradictory to how I raised them and God's will. There would never be a moment in time where I didn't give that, that I gave up on them. There'd be never be a moment in time where I wouldn't want to reconcile with them and renew that relationship. It's because of my deep love. And that's the picture we get in scripture about how God views humanity. And so, yes, there are moments, yes, we look around the world and we say, it's a mess. But we should have a heart that is growing more concerned and caring and loving towards others. And if we don't, if we just have a bitter, I give up on the world type of a perspective. What is the chances that we can, we can have any, any opportunity to help others? There'd never be a moment in my life where I gave up on my kids. And I don't think there's ever going to be a moment where God gives up on, on his kids. We should have that perspective. So ask, admire, meaning even though we don't like or love everything going on in the world, we should have a growing love for the world. And then today we're going to talk about admit. There's moments in time where the opportunity presents itself that we have to, we have to say something. There's moments we have to say what the message is of Scripture. There's moments where we have to be prepared, where everything comes together and we speak and share the testimony that we have about what God has done in this world and the things we know about what God has done. It says this in 1 Peter 3. It's a great passage and a great verse. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Peter is particularly talking about, you know, times where the, the, the world is persecuting people. How do you respond? Do you hate the world? Do you, um, you know, give up on the world? Instead, have an op have at the ready a, um, a, a speech, so to speak, a reason, so to speak, to say why you're different, why you have hope, why you have faith. When that moment comes up, are you ready? If someone showed up to you in your life, someone showed up to you in your life and said, you know what, I'm... I'm missing it. I'm trying to figure out life. I don't know what to do. What would your response be? Are you prepared to have an answer for the hope that you have? It's a, it's a great challenge to all of us because we should understand and recognize why we have faith, why we follow, why we show up here. 
Why we, why we say, I believe in Jesus? We should have an answer to that question. It should be something that is so close to us that we can easily communicate that to others in a very simple way. If not, we should give some thought to that. Always have an answer, a reason for the hope that you have. Do it in a way that is gentle, respectful, clear conscience, so that it's a positive experience for other people. What a great template. What a great template that we can look at and we can follow. Um, so here's how I look at it. This is the most intimidating of the three, okay? Asking questions, that's not that intimidating. Admiring other people, that's not intimidating. But sometimes when, when the rubber meets the road and it's time and the moment comes for you to say something and actually share your faith, that's where it gets a little bit scary, okay? That's where it gets harder. That's where we might get shy and intimidated. But this is really where it... That, that moment comes, this is really where life change can happen, is open up that opportunity to speak and to share. Here's how I think it works, and it's, it, you, you can see it in First Peter here, how, how this comes together and how that moment shows up. When that moment comes, what, what does that look like? I think it, it, it is really somebody that has a good reputation plus a good witness. That is where you really have an incredible impact and a compelling testimony. It's a combination of both. And that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Is if we have a terrible reputation with others and nobody, you know, people think that we don't care. Well, it's going to fall on deaf ears if we have something to say. And then the second thing is, though, we do have to have a good witness, a good explanation for the hope that we have. And when those two things come together, that's a compelling testimony. That is a compelling thing that can really transform others' lives. Really, we get to partner with God to bring uh, hope to others. So um, in uh, philosophy, Aristotle has his three famous uh, things that we're supposed to do if we communicate well. His logos pathos, and ethos. You guys got that? <clears throat> I have my good reputation plus good witness equals compelling testimony. Take that, Aristotle. Um, I, I, I think it's similar things. It's, it's really what we're talking about. It's, it's not just the message. It's who's saying it and why you're saying it. So let's think once again, and we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks, what it looks like for us to have a good reputation with the world. Who are you? What's your life witness? What is your life telling the world? Do you love and care for others? Do you genuinely have that in your heart? Because people will see through it if you don't. And there's something that even goes beyond just your care and concern for others. There is the idea of fruitfulness. Here's what I mean by that. If our life is not changing, growing, and compelling in any way whatsoever, why would somebody listen to what we have to say? It's kind of like somebody asking advice of the wrong person or somebody giving advice that is obviously the wrong person. 
You know, if, if you're looking for expertise on time management for football games, you wouldn't go talk to Nathaniel Hackett, would you? Oh, I'm so frustrated with the stinking Broncos. Are you kidding me? Terrible. But like, that's not his forte, okay? So we're not gonna ask him about time management. If you are looking for advice on how to keep your knees healthy when playing men's league softball, you wouldn't come and talk to me, okay? Because every single year I blow out something. I am officially retired from men's softball because every other game something tears, something breaks. Okay, don't talk to me about how to care for knees, all right? I am not good at that. If you want to know like best practices, for business advice, you don't go talk to Michael Scott, right? Okay, somebody get, some, some of you get this reference, I'm sorry. I cannot, I cannot help myself. This is uh, Michael Gary Scott, uh, somehow I managed. I looked this up this week because there's this running joke on the show, The Office, that he is a incompetent boss and he is always talking about this book that he's writing, Somehow I Manage. I looked this up. They're selling it out there. Okay, somehow I manage. Guess what? Here's another one. Over one billion sold. Somehow I manage. Another one. Somehow I manage. Uh, these are real books that are selling right now on Amazon. Another one. Somehow I manage. Is there, is there any more? There was, I, I was like, I went through about six or seven of those and I was like, unbelievable. Is this who you go to for advice on these things. I'm sorry. I can't leave it. I just, it's just, it's just too good for me. It's just too good of an example. Here's a, here's, here's a little taste. I just have to get this out of my mind. Just watch this really quick. And now, without further ado, I present the regional manager of Dunder Mifflin Scranton, Michael Scott. Hello everyone, I am Michael Scott. And I'd like to start today by inspiring you. May I borrow someone's textbook, please? Thank you. What have we here? Ooh, economics. Very, very interesting. You cannot learn from books. Replace these pages with life lessons, and then you will have a book that is worth its weight in gold. I know these are expensive, but the lesson is priceless. Good. All right. You're inspired. Shall we proceed? There are four kinds of business tourism, food service, railroads, and sales, and hospitals slash manufacturing, and air traffic. So you want to start a business. How do you start? What do you need? Well, first of all, you need a building. Secondly, you need supplies. 
You need something to sell. Now, this could be anything. It could be a thingamajig, or a, a hoosie whatsie, or a whatchamacallit. Now, you need to sell those in order to have a payday. And if you sell enough of them, you will make a 100 grand. Satisfied? All right, so there's some business advice from Michael Scott. Um, okay, I, I'm sorry, I just had to get that out of my system. Uh, now I cleansed my palate and we can move on with our message for today. But the point is this, if your life isn't demonstrating something that is compelling, winsome, if fruit isn't growing in your life, why would others look at you and say, I want what they have? I want to get advice from them. In our life, that is one of the, 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 the points that we have to make is our life isn't a picture of perfection or perfect relationship with God, but it should be a picture of growing closer and closer to God. What a great example you can give to your kids is the person I was when you were younger is not the person I am when you're older because I continue to grow closer and closer to God. I continue to, to develop as a person. I continue to have fruit bear out in my life because my faith is alive. Someone whose faith is alive is a compelling testimony in and of itself. Looking at somebody and seeing the transformation that's taking place currently in their life, that is compelling. And if you have people in your life around you that are seeing you grow closer and closer to God and closer to others, I think that opportunities will open up all over the place for people to say, what do you have? What's going on? A good reputation is something that is a significant part of our witness. A significant part. I will say this. People who are more skeptical, it will take more time. People who are further away from God, who have more like hesitations. Look at all the things that have happened in the world because of uh, people of faith. Look at all of the questions I have about faith. Many people are extremely skeptical and have these thoughts and ideas in their minds. But if you can show them a good reputation over the course of time and show them how vital your faith is, how meaningful it is to your life and how you're growing closer to God... There's, that's a compelling case. That's something meaningful and significant. I think if we want to be sent into the world to be a witness, we have to have a life that is compelling to others. So think about your own life, and I think that's the start. Am I growing? Is there things that are changing in my life? And if there isn't, well, why? Why not? Because we know and understand that the Word of God is living and active. We know and understand that the Holy Spirit comes upon us and is here to transform us into God's likeness. We recognize that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control, and on and on. And so if we are not personally being transformed, of course we don't have a great witness. 
Because our life is not being renewed. The first thing we can do is build that in our own life. Demonstrate to others how we're changing and growing. And be open about that. The second part is being a good witness. We have these words from Peter that we should be prepared in any moment to give an answer for the hope that we have. And that is something that he didn't just tell us to do and give us advice about, but he actually lived that out. And we see examples of that in Scripture. In Acts chapter 2, 22, it's the day of Pentecost and the moment comes where people are gathered and ready. And the moment comes and Peter speaks up. He says these words. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God, God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. He, when the moment came for him to proclaim, he stepped forward and he said, Guess what, everyone? This Jesus of Nazareth, he did all these miraculous things. Look at what's taken place. And he proclaimed this message and thousands of people came to Christ on that day in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 3, there's another example. He has another moment, another opportunity to share. And he speaks up and it says... He says this, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him. As you all can see, you can all see. Then it says in verse 19, repent then and turn to God so your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. When the moment comes on different occasions, Peter says, it's time to speak up. It's time to say something. It's time to share. What's that look like in your own life? Have you had opportunities where people are there? They're open. They're they're searching. They're looking. And the moment passed. We didn't say anything. How have you witnessed the work of God in your life? And are you sharing that with others? Here's a simple formula. Something simple. We're trying to keep all of this simple. Simple ways to share your faith. Ask, admire, admit. Here's a simple formula on what you can think about that, to, to admit to others what you've seen. What, what is going on in your own life. The simple formula is this. It's like this. Before I met Jesus... This is what my life was like. Then this took place. I had some kind of encounter with Jesus, some kind of commitment that I made with Jesus. And now this is the result. Before, then, now. Very simple and it's an easy thing to do. And there's been times in my life where I wasn't wasn't quite sure how to share a personal testimony because I'm one of those people that have a unique story and that I grew up in faith. 
I don't have like this dramatic story where I like was, you know, kind of on in, in the gutter uh, next to a Las Vegas casino uh, at my, you know, my lowest moment. And I was strung out. And then all of a sudden I saw a light from heaven come down and say, stop what you're doing. And I turned my light. to. I don't have a story like that. So it feels like for me, it's like, well, I don't have anything to say. I don't have a testimony of something dramatic taking place in my life. So I have nothing to share, nothing to say, nothing to tell anybody about. But that's absolutely not true. In my own life, I can think about multiple times where my life has been transformed and continues to be transformed by what God is doing. And I can just share a few of those with you right now. The incredible things that God has been doing in my life even in the last... Last, last year or so, is that there's been times in my life where I've been riddled with anxiety. I've been riddled with like just this perfectionism, like a desire to like measure up and want everything to go right. And if something doesn't go right, I just felt like down and maybe even depressed, the point where I didn't accomplish something. There's been times in my life where I've just, I've wanted to achieve so much and I've, I've measured my own self-worth based on my achievements. And if I didn't accomplish something, I felt like I wasn't worthwhile. And that's been a struggle in my adult life, just dealing with that anxiety and sometimes uh, sadness when things don't go my way. But over the course of of time, I've recognized as I've come to God and struggled with this, that God has repeated these words of scripture to me over and over. Be, be faithful. Be faithful with what I've given you. Be faithful. Do what I've asked you to do. I'm not asking you to save the world. That's Jesus's mission on earth. I'm asking you to be faithful to what is right in front of you. Be faithful and that is enough. And God has whispered this in my ear time and time again, even when I didn't always believe it. And over the course of time, I've come to a place where I, I find peace in my, my own life. Peace in the things that I'm doing. And I'm not riddled with anxiety anymore. And I'm not like have these moments where I just don't feel like doing anything. God has transformed me in that way in the later years of my life. Where I feel like I have peace. So thankful. So grateful that I recognize I'm a child of God and what I'm doing is enough. Be faithful. That's been transforming for my life. There's all kinds of different stories that you can think of. It doesn't have to be this big dramatic story, but there's people in your life that are struggling with different things and they don't know an answer. You could very well be someone that offers an answer of hope. You know, a simple one, just an example right here. It doesn't have to be a profound, big, dramatic story, but an example that I've heard from many of you many times. I've heard you express this to me. I'm so grateful. It's encouraged me so much. Where many of you have come to me and said, you know what? I, I kind of had a concept of God, maybe a relationship with God, but it wasn't, I wasn't that committed. But then there was a time that came that I said, I feel like I need to be a part of a community of faith. And I found this place, Church of the Creek, found this place. And 
I've decided this is my home church. This is something that I need in my life, and it's made a profound impact on me and my family, and I'm growing closer to God, closer than I've ever been before. What an incredible testimony. And I've heard this from many of you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with, with me. It encourages my faith. It doesn't have to be this big, dramatic uh, story that is like going to be a, a, a two-part movie. That's not what it has to be for you to be a witness and a testimony to other people in your life. It's simply before, then, and after. It's something that we probably should remind ourselves of as well, right? It's something that we should go back to and say, what was going on in my life five years ago, ten years ago? Where was I? Wow. God intervened, and maybe I didn't even recognize it, didn't even know him, didn't even remember it. But I remember what it was like before. Then there were some things in my life where I grew spiritually, and now look at where I am. It may still be a work in progress. Of course it is, right? Because God is always continuing to work in and through us. It's always a work in progress. But that is a beautiful testimony to be able to share and say, this is what's going on in my life. Before, then, and now. Simple thing. What have you witnessed? What have you seen? What have you experienced? Where God is at work. Where God has done something. Where God has, has, has moved and changed you in your life. When the moment comes and the opportunity presents itself, do you have that? Top of mind. Ready to respond for the hope that you have. The two questions, or the, the main question that I've challenged you with the last couple of weeks is that people who are very serious about their faith should always have someone on their prayer list. Always. Because, because Jesus said we should go into all the nations and proclaim the gospel. We should go and make disciples. So if you're serious about your faith, you should always have somebody that you're praying for regularly. Praying for regularly and saying, God, maybe, maybe I can be someone that can help them find hope. Maybe I can be the one that is able to express what I've experienced, what I know. The hope of Jesus Christ that I have. Every single one of us should have someone that we're regularly praying for. That God would open up doors, open up an opportunity. But when that moment comes, we have to say something. We have to respond for the hope that we have. How have you witnessed God's work in your life? And how have you shared that with others? As we close off this series, I want to just spend some more time. We've spent some time over the last few weeks just praying for people, but I want to specifically spend some moments praying for that person that maybe comes to your mind right now. Maybe you haven't been praying for someone, but if you're serious about your faith, the response should be very clear. We should be praying for others, hoping that we can make an impact on others. So don't say a prayer that, God, I pray that the whole world is saved. Of course, 
Of course, we all believe that. And we all know that. Make it more personal. God, I know you love fill in the blank. And that's somebody in my life. God, if there's a moment or an opportunity for me to share my faith with that person, help me to be able to do it in a way that could impact them in a positive way. A specific personal prayer. And don't stop. Because when we pray, when we pray, it's not, not always for other people. A lot of times it's for us. It's for us to open up our eyes and be more aware of maybe the people God has put around us in our life. Maybe the people that we have a good relationship and reputation with that are looking for something and looking for hope. For us to be more aware of others around us. Would you join me in prayer? God, sometimes, even as a pastor, I'm a little intimidated and nervous about talking to other people about my faith, and I don't know why. I don't really know why, because it's made such an impact on my life. God, there's been times where I've just been completely anxious And you've given me peace. God, there's been times I was completely confused. And you gave me direction. God, there's been countless times where I needed someone to be there for me, to encourage me, to put their arm around me. And the community of faith was faithful and did that for me. God, thank you. What a gift. And God, I pray that we wouldn't be intimidated, afraid to share the hope that we have. So God, I pray that we would be always prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks us to give a reason for the hope that we have. That we do this with gentleness and respect. That we do this with love in our hearts. That we do this in a compelling way that Helps people understand how we've been changed and transformed. God, help us. So right now we want to pray for one person. God, one person in our life. That needs that hope. One person that we might be the the one that can partner with you 
to point them towards salvation, forgiveness, restoration. God, we pray for that one person right now. God, we know you've already been at work. You've gone before us. You've laid the groundwork. And God, you love the person that we prayed about today more than than we do, more than we know. So God, what an honor and privilege it would be just to partner with you to share hope maybe to give a human example of what it looks like to be changed by you so God thank you for hearing our prayers we pray for this person help us God to continue to pray pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.